Welcome to the On The Green Podcast, where we'll give you the latest news and events from the world of golf and spotlight golf courses from around Northeast Florida and the First Coast. We'll take you inside the ropes with interviews, strategies for playing the courses, and get a tip from the head professional. Each show will also feature an interview with a prominent golf insider. They'll share firsthand stories and insights you won't hear anywhere else. Now, here's your host of On The Green, Tim Eiley. Hello, and welcome to another edition of On The Green Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Eiley. We're coming to you from Studio Podcast Suites here in Jacksonville, Florida. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcast platform or check us out on our website, onthegreenconsulting.com. There you can also find my monthly blog, which I hope you'll enjoy. Now, with the 47th Players' Championship only a week away, this will be the fourth and final installment of Countdown to Players as we talk with Troy Smith, Tournament Chairman of the Players' Championship. And to end the episode, we'll take a moment to reflect on the extraordinary history of the PGA Tour's flagship event. It's going to be a great show, so welcome to the 22nd edition of On the Green Podcast. In the final installment of Countdown to Players, today's guest is the tournament chairman of the Players' Championship, Troy Smith. By day, Troy is a construction lawyer here in Jacksonville for the firm Burr and Foreman, but his second full-time job is heading up one of the largest volunteer forces on the PGA Tour. He has been a part of the tournament for 11 years, holding various committee leadership roles, including ecology, general parking, and commissary. Now he's here today to talk about the important role the volunteers play in the event and the responsibilities they perform during championship week. Troy, welcome to On the Green Podcast. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on On the Green Podcast. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a construction attorney. been doing that about 24 years now. Um, married, have uh, six kids, uh, 13, 12, 11, 8, 5, and 3, which is Way too many young kids for a guy who just turned 51. Uh, I started volunteering about 11 years ago. And I uh, started, as you mentioned, in general parking. I got the title of assistant chair in general parking, which was great. Had a good time. Um, found out later that Jared had pretty much uh, decided to put me out there to keep me as far away from the actual golf action as possible. I got gotcha. you. Moved over. I had a great time, though. And I came back and I got a, a raise and a promotion to ecology, which is a nice way of saying picking up the trash. Right, right. And uh, th- th- then I moved to a uh, chair of VIP parking, very important parking. So they moved me from the back of that course parking to the front of the course parking. But every move, <laughs> I was getting closer to the tournament. And, and here I am. And here you are. And uh, I'm assuming, are your kids, are they virtual or are they actually in school? Well, that's a good question. They were in school. Uh, and we went virtual uh, just straight from home after the semester that ended in the summer. Okay. So my wife's been homeschooling these kids uh, since then and not through virtual, just through her own platform. Mm-hmm. And I've been working from home pretty much since then. So it's been a, quite a mix. Wow. That's incredible. So as I mentioned in the opening, you are the tournament chairman. You head up the, the volunteer leadership team. So tell our listeners a little bit about some of your responsibilities. Sure. As, uh, as chairman, when I'm wearing the red coat, uh, I, along with my vice chairs, uh, also called the blue coats, we're responsible for all the volunteers, all the volunteer committees and divisions that produce the championship. Uh, we, we work pretty much all year long with player staff uh, to produce a safe and quality experience for all. 
Absolutely. And so how does somebody ascend to the chairman's role? I mean, do you have to spend a certain number of years down there? Or how does that work? There's no set number of years you have to spend. It's really dedication and time that you spend uh, towards the players and volunteering. Um, I've gone through in about 11 years. Um, there's some folks that have worked for 50 years and are on the leadership team now. So there's no set you know, um, standard there. It's okay. It's really about dedication to the tournament. Well, that makes sense. And so, you know, a lot of people don't really understand the role of a volunteer. So what, what are some of the areas of the golf tournament that the volunteers actually oversee? Uh, probably a better question is <laughs> what areas don't we touch? <laughs> right. Um, we don't get, we don't get the balls off the range, uh, run the fan shop or the concession stands, but we're pretty much, we have our fingers in pretty much every aspect of the tournament other than that. Um, we have about 50 committees uh, covering facilities, volunteer services, spectator services, and player services. Um, there's a spot for anyone who wants to come out and volunteer. Uh, we have photography, commissary, where uh, we're taking the drinks and beverages out to the players um, at the tees and in their uh, tents along a couple of the holes. Gallery managers, uh, formerly known as marshals, mm-hmm. all over the course. They're our biggest, biggest committee. Um, construction and course prep uh, is back of the house, you know, building things for the tournament, uh, putting out the ropes, things like that. Practice grounds, if you want to get close to the players. Player services actually checks in the players. Uh, volunteer transportation helps drive the players to and fro. Uh, caddies, announcers, hospitality, you name it, we have it. And Okay. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's absolutely a lot. And so when do the volunteers, the, 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 you know, the typical volunteer uh, begin working on the event? I know, I know the leadership well, is basically year round, but what about um, the regular volunteer? Uh, regular volunteers, uh, you know, folks who sign up for, we'll say a minimum of three shifts. Uh, they get involved when they start getting emails from the tour and from their, their committee leadership. Uh, and that starts, uh, you know, it depends on the committee, but it usually starts two to three months out from the tournament. They have meetings, uh, they go over roles, things like that. And then once the tournament's here, that's when their, their you know, true duties start. Okay. And, uh, you know, everybody's concerned now uh, with COVID. And I know the PGA Tour has some incredible, you know, COVID protocols out there, probably the best in all of sports. Uh, what kind of safety protocols have been put in place for the volunteers? Well, um, health and safety remains our number one priority. Um, and we've been working, gosh, since you know, last year, 2020, May of 2020, uh, to bring this championship back in, in a safe and quality uh, way for all participants. Um, so we've been working with local healthcare officials to develop COVID protocols to ensure a safe and quality experience for all. Uh, we're spre- expressing and stressing the three W's, which is wear a mask, watch your distance, and wash your hands. Masks are going to be required at all times this year, whether inside or outside. Uh, we've got hand sanitation locations um, across the course, uh, and we're going to have a contactless experience this year. So folks and volunteers as well, when they're coming in, they'll scan either their badge or their ticket at a standalone scanner, kind of like the Jags game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be a cash cashless experience. So no cash on premises. Okay. Well, that's, that's wonderful. I think everybody will, will feel very safe coming on property for sure. And I know having been with the PGA tour and been around the players championship for the past, gosh, 25 years, I know question of my mind and probably those who are familiar with players, will Darlene's diner be in operation? 
Darlene's Diner, right? What is it? Ah, just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. Darlene will be back. Oh, good. Uh, we have, uh, it's going to be available to all credentialed volunteers. Um, we're going to have great meals starting at about $1.50 per meal. Uh, this year, due to COVID, though, it's not going to be made to order. It's going to be grab and go uh, just for safety purposes. I, I think that's one of the, the coolest things ever is <laughs> Darlene's Diner where the I mean, it's just the food is fantastic. Uh, you know, you want to definitely take care of the volunteers over there. And, and, and Darlene has done it for, gosh, as long as I can remember. 30-plus years volunteer. Wow. Now, I think you'll agree um, not a single professional golf tournament could run efficiently without volunteers. Is that accurate? That's absolutely accurate. Um, you know, the, the volunteers are the backbone of our tournament. And we've got golf's greatest volunteers for sure. Um, we absolutely could not put this tournament on without them. Uh, we couldn't produce the gold standard experience without their care and dedication. And their hard work and dedication helps the tour drive charitable dollars. Exactly. And thanks to those volunteers, over $100 million has been raised by the players so far. And as far as PGA Tour events, almost $3 billion has been raised thanks to the help of the volunteer, which is quite mind-boggling. <laughs> that is a great point, Tim. And, and speaking for my volunteer leadership, our volunteers, myself especially, that's the reason we put in the time we do is to help drive those charitable dollars. Many people don't realize the money generated by the tour at their events is reinvested back in the communities where they play. Um, players being the flagship event of the tour is always leading on this front. And as you mentioned, due to the generosity of the volunteers, um, our crowd partners, Morgan Stanley, Grant Thornton, and Occam, and the entire Northeast Florida community, the players have donated more than $100 million here in Northeast Florida since the championship's inception in 74. And so really, the more than 300 local charities in this area that receive donations are the true winners of the championship each year. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, can you imagine if tournaments had to pay – people to do the volunteer jobs. I mean, there would, there probably wouldn't be any golf tournaments, <laughs> you know, that would I'm be sure mind boggling in itself. Yeah. I bet. I, I'm guessing they probably still have the tournaments, but the role we play really helps drive those charitable dollars and it makes all the time spent out there, uh, worth it. Um, just for my leadership uh, staff and myself, we spend probably 500 hours a year, uh, 500 to 600 working on this tournament to produce quality experience. So um, there's a lot of time, a lot of volunteer hours that are expended. That is, that's incredible. And, and I, I know we all appreciate it. And I know all the charities that uh, are beneficiaries really, really appreciate all the hard work that goes into volunteering. And I mean, the thousands and thousands of hours that are put in by, by the 2300 strong there at the players championship and so what happens after this year? So you're, you're the tournament chairman this year. Where do you go after your tenure's up? Well, I retired to the uh, Red Coats. Okay. And uh, the Red Coats are all the former chairs of the championship. I've been told not to mess up or I won't make the graduation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Red Coats are ambassadors for the tournament. You know, it's spreading the uh, tournament's goodwill and, and charity. Um, started in 65 with John Tucker. We call him uh, RC1, Redcoat 1, through today. Uh, we have uh, one of our, our biggest um, pleasures as Redcoats is to do the Redcoat Ride Outs, which is an annual tradition where we go out and provide charitable dollars to not-for-profits. Um, 
you know, recently some come to mind are in the Moors and Baptist. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the Malibu Washington Foundation, Pine Castle, Five Star Veterans Center, Cadence for Warriors, USO, uh, Moore Myers Children's Fund, Police Athletic League, Rethreaded, uh, just to name the ones that are more recent. Wow. And so I know you, you all are probably all set for this year as far as volunteers, but if somebody wants to volunteer in 2022, um, they just go to theplayers.com or how, how do they get more information on volunteering? Absolutely. They can go to theplayers.com and click on the volunteer information button in order to give them all the information they need to know. Each one of our committees has a description uh, saying, you know, here's what we do uh, in this committee. And if you're interested in that, that's where you can sign up. We do have a couple spots open too. Um, okay. We're nearly full this year, but we still have some spots in admissions and a couple other areas. Uh, if anyone wants to get involved, there's still time to volunteer this year. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we really appreciate uh, everything the volunteer does uh, out there to make the Players Championship probably one of the greatest uh, events on the entire PGA Tour. And thank you for you know, better explaining your role, the role of the tournament volunteer. And again, there wouldn't be professional golf without the volunteer force. So I want to wish you good luck, your team, good luck. And I know we're all looking forward to a great players week. Thanks, Tim. And uh, I just want to let everyone know that since March of 2020, uh, my team and our volunteers have been working diligently with the player staff to ensure we produce a 2021 players championship that the entire Northeast Florida community can be proud of. Uh, one that's going to provide a safe and quality experience to our participants, and most importantly, one that's going to generate significant charitable dollars. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Troy. We've been talking with Troy Smith, tournament chairman of the 47th Players' Championship. We'll be right back. Now, this year, the Players' Championship will be contested for the 47th time, with an asterisk, of course, as 2020 only saw the completion of one round due to COVID-19. Now, the first tournament was played not here at TPC Sawgrass and not even in the state of Florida, but at Atlanta Country Club in 1974. Now, that first players was won by Jack Nicholas as he overcame a three-shot deficit to defeat J.C. Sneed. And Jack, to this day, remains the only three-time winner of the players. Now, while the event moved around the country for the first couple of years, uh, it was then PGA Tour Commissioner Dean Beeman's dream to have a permanent home for the flagship tournament. So in 1977, the tournament was played at Sawgrass Country Club, which happens to sit directly across the street from TPC Sawgrass. And Beeman tried to actually purchase Sawgrass Country Club from the Arvida Corporation, but his offer was not accepted. Instead, he got a much better deal. He was able to purchase the property directly across the street for $1. And against all odds, he created what is today TPC Sawgrass, out of nothing more than swampland. Incredible. You can still see that dollar bill if you come uh, check out the beautiful clubhouse. Now, the tournament was played at Sawgrass Country Club from 1977 to 1981, and then it moved to TPC Sawgrass for the 1982 tournament, and it's been there ever since. But you'll probably remember that inaugural tournament that was won by Jerry Pate, where he famously dove into the pond that was adjacent to the 18th green and pulled in Dean Beeman and golf course architect Pete Dye. That was pretty funny, and they still show it on TV today. So from these humble beginnings, yet an, you know the Players' Championship has taken its rightful spot as one of the largest events on the PGA Tour, 
with arguably the strongest field in golf every year, year in and year out. And the list of past champions reads like a who's who of Hall of Fame golfers because you had Jack Nicklaus, Lee Trevino, Ray Floyd, Greg Norman, Nick Price, Tom Kite, Hal Sutton, Justin Leonard, Adam Scott, Sandy Lyle, Rory McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Davis Love III, Fred Couples, and, of course, Tiger Woods, to name a few. And, of course, there's been some really special moments outside of Jerry Pate diving in the pond. One that I remember very vividly was 1987 when Jeff Sluman and Sandy Lyle both birdied 18 to get into a playoff. And they're on the first playoff hole, Sluman standing over a six-foot putt to win the tournament when a drunk fan runs across the green and jumps into the water and made Sluman, you know, he had to back away. They had to wait and fish the guy out of the pond. And he ended up missing that putt and then lost the tournament on the next hole when Sandy Lyle made a birdie. Ouch. And in 2001, of course, that's Tiger's better than most putt that he made on 17 that was called so iconically by Gary Koch. Now that putt was from 60 feet and had at least three feet of break there at the end. It was one of those one in a hundred chance. And yet, of course, Tiger made it. And then he went on to to overtake Jerry Kelly the next day uh, in the final round to win the tournament. And more recently, those of you that uh, are Ricky Fowler fans, he birdied the 17th hole on Sunday, not once, not twice, but three times to finally win in a playoff. The stories are endless, but I think the tournament's biggest winner is always charity. Over $100 million has been donated to local charities from the proceeds from the Players' Championship, which is amazing. And having been involved in the Players' Championship for the past 25 years, I cannot wait to see who will be crowned champion March 14, 2021. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. I really appreciate you listening and hope you'll let all of your friends and colleagues know about the show as well. And don't be shy about submitting a review of the show on Google or your favorite podcast platform. I'd like to thank my guest, Troy Smith, tournament chairman of the Players' Championship. Don't forget to tune into the tournament March 11th through 14th on Golf Channel and NBC if you can't make it out in person. Again, you can find On The Green Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or on our website, onthegreenconsulting.com. If you have ideas for future shows, please send me an email, tim at onthegreenconsulting.com. I'm your host, Tim Eiley, and until next time, try to keep it in the short grass.